0: Everyone, this, is, this is the Wrestling Controller. And it's so great to be back uh, the podcast oh, you world. Know, I, I took a break away from a uh, previous podcast that was in uh, named From the Front Road This is Wrestling, where I had the opportunity to speak with people like Trevor Murdoch, Mike Hart, uh, Damian Legion. So many great independent wrestlers that I had the opportunity to sit down. It's like, you know what? I had so much fun. Doing it, I was like, I got to jump back into it, because I got back into the wrestling business, and I was like, you know what? These guys I talked to in the locker room, they they got a story to tell themselves. It might not be a long story, but they got a story to tell. So, the first episode is here. I had a chance to sit down with Ace Harris on December 3rd at the Crossroad House of Pain uh, event called ASWA Massacre Before Christmas, it was definitely an all-day event. Uh, I got to see some guys I haven't seen over the years. But it was great to be back in the locker room and able to sit down and hit record and just have a conversation. So uh, here is my conversation with the one and only, the man in black, Ace Harris. I'm sitting here with Ace Harris. You know, I've known you for a couple of years now, but I really don't know a lot about you. Um, you know, if you've come to our AWS shows, you know, I'm always on commentary and I'm giving you a lot of messed the whole thing, you know, barely can fit in the ring and everything so on and so
1: forth. But, you know, how long have you been in the business? I started training in 2012. and had my first match <laughs> in 2013.
0: Where did you uh, train at?
1: Um, SCW uh, in Greenwood, South Carolina. Uh, Southern Championship Wrestling. And I was trained by back then. I was trained by T.J. Balls. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a long. uh, It was about eight months. It was long eight months. I thought I knew. I thought I knew everything there was to know about wrestling because I watched it. And
0: right. Than. Were you one of the ones that didn't listen to? Don't try this at home. When the WWE would put it up. Oh
1: yeah, we we never me and my brother. We never listened. I think we got in trouble more times than I can count for wrestling when we wasn't supposed to. <laughs> um, but I went and uh, me and my brother went down there and trained and 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 like I said, I thought I knew everything. I told these people that I didn't need no training, that I that I thought I was a legit wrestler and I was wrong. Did
0: you ever do any backyard wrestling or? Well, because me and you were about the same age, uh, close to the same age, so and I I went through the backyards as well. You know, did you do that?
1: Well, I did. I had a couple of friends that we made. You know, um, we made wrestling rings out of trampolines and 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 we had like. Little posts in the ground with a uh, hose pipe as ropes, you know. We couldn't get on there or nothing, but it, was, it looked like a ring. And so, uh, we did like that. Um, there was about five of us, uh, in my little neighborhood that, um, was kind of into, into that stuff. And, uh, so, you know, we, we, we kind of made our own little show. We had found this camera and it was, it looked like an old WWE camera, but it was, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't from WWE, but it was right. legit and took VCR tapes and we would go i don't even know my friend michael he would find all these tapes in his house and we would just tape over them i couldn't tell you there were probably wedding tapes you know <laughs> important moments but we tape over them uh that was about as close as i got i didn't know that there were schools and stuff that you could at the time i didn't know that you could even go and do that stuff and my brother was like hey i found this school um uh, they said they'll train us we you know, there was like $50 a training session. Mm-hmm. But me and my brother, we the group we got in with, we lucked out. We really, really charged nothing. Paid $50 one time and got trained for six to eight months. So I kind of lucked out on that.
0: So tell me your experience about your first match. You know, you, you said you trained for eight months or so did you do your first match during that training or was it after the eight months you started doing your training
1: it was after the eight months um through the whole eight months of training the only thing that we was allowed to do um was act like security at the show Mm -hmm. just then um the only time we was allowed to be anywhere near the ring was during training um so we had to do the whole eight months of training and actually had to have uh it was like, I have a wrestling match at the end. Of, it was like a test. Right. Um, you know. Um, but because of my actions, my attitude, I didn't have no match. They put me in the ring with Aaron McClure. I'm sure you know.
0: I knew, I knew Aaron. Yeah.
1: yeah. And he yeah. has a clothesline that, man. It's a little vicious. And I had to take, it was like, you know, you're going to keep taking them until we tell you you're not, gonna, you know, you're done. That's, you know. And I kept taking the clotheslines from Aaron McClure and uh, kept getting back up take it again take it again and they did and need you know body slam me do all his big moves to me and i don't think that they was just trying to really teach me a lesson um
0: it's it's kind of like you know i help with some training as well as you do here um just so everyone knows we're actually at a wrestling event yes. a- aswa's uh massacre before uh christmas yes sir i'm oh, sure nightmare nightmare christmas. Before.
1: big show tonight yeah nightmare.
0: big big show so uh you know, I wanted to get everyone in here together. And, you know, me and you have helped train some wrestlers, so on and so forth. And it's kind of like you've got to toughen the leather to, oh, yeah. to get everything, you know. You take you take that first bump and you feel electricity going straight through your thing. Oh, but yeah. after a while, and some people is, the moment you hit that mat, it's like, it hurts like hell. But it's the most natural thing that you've ever done. Oh, yeah. Um, so what era of wrestling did you actually grow up with Are were you more nwa wcw wwf
1: wwe um it was about wwf probably about it was right before the attitude era started Mm -hmm. um i was born in 90 so uh probably about the time i can remember watching like my first couple wrestling matches i remember was uh Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart at WrestleMania. That was probably the first Dime one I remember. I remember. Uh and for no reason at all I just decided I like Shawn Michaels. Mm-hmm. And then so like I was cheering for him, but then I was watching the match and I like and I was only like five years old. So I didn't really understand it, but I knew that like these guys were flashy and, and like what they was doing was cool. So I couldn't choose a winner from that. Uh like I couldn't pick a favorite. Um but I guess I didn't really pay attention to at WCW until um, the whole NWO thing. Probably really right around up. that, the
0: Monday Night Wars. And yeah,
1: WCW on. was a thing. Like if it was on, my like, my mom or dad would watch it or something. And I, it's it's kind of like wrestling. I was uh, I would say oh it's that old time wrestling that put me to sleep. <laughs> and it used to, but uh, yeah, I wish I would have. I wish I would have paid more attention back then to WCW because it was. It was where it was at back then. I watch it a lot now, and uh, there's some good things, especially uh, the things with uh, Cactus Jack and Vader and all that.
0: You never knew back then, you know, as I was a fan of WCW. Uh, I watched WWF, you know, um, but you never knew the psychology of anything. You just knew that Cactus Jack came out and said, This dude's crazy. And, like, I didn't like Cactus Jack back in WCW, especially when he was feuding with Sting. I was like, yeah. was Stinger. I was just like, who is this crazy dude? But like now, I look back and I see the psychology book he put out there, and I was like, "This freaking genius!" Oh yeah, like you, you don't you don't think about that. And then you know, going from Caddish Jack to mankind, you don't realize how it revolutionized he did with that with with the Undertaker. Like Mick Foley wasn't the greatest in ring technician. You know, right. you weren't going to see a headlock. You know, the old back in the days at Andersons, he he put his body on the line and today i think it's kind of a lost
1: art yeah i agree with you on that
0: yeah it's 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 a lost art and when i come here um today we're broadcasting uh we're recording this at the crossroad house of pain and when i get the chance to come here and i see some of the young kids that you know you've been training and the other trainers here uh your former tag team partner ronnie york which we'll get to in just a second you know, the psychology is in there. They think that they could walk in and like, ooh, everybody wants to do a hoo everybody wants to do a cutter, a cutter, a cutter, a cutter. Everyone does a damn cutter. Yeah. You know, you don't you don't get the the simple things anymore. What a clothesline can really do. Or getting a monster over by someone just running straight out of it. Boom, they just they just stand there. Yep. That that art is gone. Um but since we're talking about the art, is there anything during your training
1: um, teaching that you took a lot away from SCW. Um, with SCW, a lot of it that I took away at that time was uh, oh, I knew because of my my size, like my being short and, and and chubby. You know, I didn't have a lot of a lot of guys there, way taller than me, bigger. There wasn't a lot that I could do to them that would make sense. Mm-hmm. So I knew. um like, you know, I, I had to play, I had to play my cards right, you know. I had to, I had to use that, um, man, what's the word I'm looking for? Small man mentality, you know. Uh, so I had to think like a smaller guy, like Ray Mysterio or somebody, and that's not how I pictured myself being a wrestler, you know. Um, I pictured me doing like, you know, uh, power slams and, you know, because when we are a kid, you know, we think we could do all that. So what I took away from there uh what humbled me a lot was the fact that um they was like look you they showed me the psychology they showed me what could work for me uh of course like the you know how he was talking about McFoley used his body a lot mm-hmm. that was something that they was like well that's something you could do throw yourself you know you're short but, you know, you, you you're stalking. You, you can sp- still use throw you. yourself at somebody.
0: You know? Kind of like, you know, you're comparing yourself almost to Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens isn't the, the tallest guy in the world, but he's got body mass. And you another person with a huge revolution. I mean, come up with the cannonball. Yeah. Like, who who would have thought about, I mean, it's the simplest thing ever. You're just like, I'm just going to throw my body weight at them. And it was the same way with Earthquake. You never realize how how much he could move for a big
1: man. And Visser was the same way. Oh, visceral was man. Visceral was something else.
0: But the the one thing that, you know, we're getting out of it is, you know, your size, you, you're you using your body the way that it needs to be. Nowadays, you know, we can sit here and we can talk about all your tag team champions. You're a former AWS tag team champion. You are the current, as recording, you are the current, and I'm not, I hope you, good luck tonight. But the current five-star heavyweight champion, um, and you've held many other titles through different companies. And now, actually, in the AWS locker room, you're considered a veteran. Now, because there's a lot of young kids coming in, and they look up to you. So, taking on that role now, how do you feel about being a veteran in the locker room?
1: Well, first of all, if you would have asked me back in 2013 if I'd have seen me being in that role, I'd have told you no uh just because i got kicked out of the wrestling promotion i was in at cw because i had a a bad attitude i Mm -hmm. told him i said hey my brother actually you know so i told you we was doing the eight months Mm -hmm. well um my brother he was you know he was doing good he got like the first shot to go to become a wrestler on the roster you know what i mean um and it kind of rubbed me the wrong way because i was like i thought we would go in as a team we would get Mm -hmm. our chance together and I'm sitting back, having to watch my brother get ready, go have his first match. And I'm happy for him. But I'm like, we started together. I'm doing everything he's doing, you know. And I kind of had an attitude. And I was like, I went up to the promoter. And I was like, who's ass I got a kiss to have my first wrestling match, you know. <laughs> so they kind of kicked me out. They told me not to come back. Um, and then like, I kind of I regretted it. I was like, oh, man. Like, that was one of the best things I could have going for me, you know always wanted to be a wrestler that was my chance so I had to eat some I had to eat some humble pie and I had to stay away from it for a little bit and then they brought me back in and they was like the only way you're gonna get back into it is if you're a referee so I had to watch everybody that I trained with mm-hmm. I had to referee their matches and watch them go and move on to these better things and so um it kind of showed me right there that you know uh it was like you, just because you watched it doesn't mean you can do it you know there's an art this is an art um and so when you ask me about how's it feel to be out here now about 10 years later and see these kids that were in my position um mm-hmm. uh, it's sometimes it's overwhelming because these guys they come up to me and they're like ace you're like you're awesome man like <laughs> i want to work you and i'm like yeah, you know, a year ago, Adam, like there was there was people in other promotions that told me I shouldn't be where I'm at now because like, oh, you don't fit the part. And to hear kids out here now say that stuff, man, it just, uh, it, it, I'm not gonna lie, it makes me smile real big, and it, but it does bring It, it makes me sit down and think, okay, I got people watching me now. Mm-hmm. It's not time to just, you know, just put my foot off the gas and just coast. Like, I want to go harder now because some of these kids that come in and you see it, like, they, they they catch on so quick. And, you know, they can pass, you know.
0: And and you wonder why you didn't catch on so quick.
1: <coughs> yeah, yeah. And exactly. so now it's kind of like I see myself in that position. Okay, these kids, they come up to me and they look at me. But it's only going to be a matter of time. Like, you know, I can't let off my game now because they're going to surpass me. And then I'll be right back to the, you know.
0: It's kind of it's like the Garth song, you know the competition's getting younger. Yeah. And it is tougher Bronx out there. So yeah, it's you know, it it's different it's a different these days. You know, it was harder to break into the business back. You know, you see you were born in 90. I was, you know, I'm 7 years older than you, but like I I wanted to I wanted to wrestle ever since I saw Ric Flair. Oh, you know, we're we're from South Carolina. You yeah. know, you were a horseman or you were nothing That's around right. here. And so one of the things, you know, you hear different podcasts, different shoot interviews, and you hear how hard it was to break into the business. And I think we it's easier now to break into the business than it was because there's so many independents now. And there's only three big ones now. You know, so it's very hard to get to the big game. But, like, at the same time, you're still able to learn your craft and actually develop a character. Yeah. Um, So let's talk about humbling experiences. Um, First off, I'm going to throw mine out there first, and then maybe you can reflect on it. I was trained by the amazing Velvet down in Charleston. And, you know, my first match was against our heavyweight champion, 6'7", 285 pounds, Jack, by the name of Big Game James. And he goes, and, you know, we don't hide anything in the background. So you're like, I got you, kid. I'll take care of you. He goes, watch the boot. I don't know what that means. I've been training for like four or five weeks. Watch the boot. I come running and a size 15 gets me from chin to the top of my head. And I'm thinking, oh, that's the worst this night's going to be. But I had the extension of that same night that no, not a lot of people can say they got knocked out by a Hall of Famer. NWA, Women's Hall of Famer, Susan Tex Green. They always, I was always told she's tough. Got to swing at her. It's like That's one of the things I had to learn in this business. It's like, yeah, sometimes you're pulling some hits in them. Sometimes it's just best. It's like getting hit with barbed wire. You don't want to slowly go into it. You want, to, you want to hit it, get it out, in and out. So I knew she was going to have a shoulder surgery. So I went to my shot, barely hit her. She sold. Later on, she goes, all right, I got you. My head's turned. She took that kendo stick, and she literally cracked me in the back of the head, broke it on the back of my head. I get carted out and I'm like, Who hit me? I don't know who hit me. Like, Cause she hit me from behind. And my trainers' daughter goes, Susan hit you. So now I'm waiting, because I see her how tough she is, I'm waiting to get my behind kicked in the locker room. She comes in and she's just like, Hey, this is where I fell out of the tree. And I was like, Oh, you wanna talk about what we just did? And she goes, You gonna hit me next time? I go, Yeah. Next time I saw her, I beat the living tar out of that sixty-seven year old woman. <laughs> But what was a humbling experience for you? Um, did you have? Do you have a story like that that it
1: happened to you? Or well, I think it pretty much. Uh, we can go back to that where where they made me a referee, man. Um, when I when I was in SCW and they kicked me out, and they said, "Hey, um, you know, I had to sit back." Or they said they came to me and said, "You want to be back in here? You're gonna have to referee." And my first thought was, "Hell no! I don't want to do that." I didn't, I didn't take into consideration where you're going you gonna to have a front row seat, you're going to have a best seat in the house for these matches, and that's the best way to learn, right? Yeah,
0: Jake Roberts said that was the best way for him to learn, because you know where to be yep. without being seen, and, and I wish that I was, now I'll referee, but you're honestly right, it is the best yeah. way to learn. It is. So, that's- being a ref humbled you.
1: It did, because I thought, like I said, I came into the training, and I wrestled with my friends, and me and my brother, we were the oldest out of all of our friends. So like they looked up at us, you know, we was like, we were the big dogs on our little friend list, you know, um, and I didn't know, like I said, I didn't know none of this uh, existed. I didn't know you could go and do independent wrestling like that. Um, so when I got in, when I got the chance, I thought I knew everything. I had that bad attitude um, and once I was like, then once they kicked me out and I was like, man, I really don't want to referee. I want to be a wrestler, but if this is how, if this is the only way I got to be in wrestling, then I'm gonna do it, you know. And so I did. I refereed for a year and a half, and um, it really that that humbled me because at first I did not want to do that, but by the end of it, like when I when I had my last referee gig, it was in a match, and my brother was in a tag team match. Mm-hmm. And I actually was counting, like, he was in a match with somebody else, and I was counting the one, two, three, and I, this was the night I was supposed to turn back into a wrestler. And uh, I did the one, two, and I stood up, and my brother was the person going for the pin. and I said, I'm not counting your three. And everybody was like, <laughs> what are you doing? And I'm like, it's about me. You know, I just totally lost it. And ever since then, they, like, ever since that, that you know, uh, that, little, that little spot, um, I just... Like I it kinda clicked with me right there, like when I when I turned on my brother and I did my thing, like that's when I felt like, Okay, now I see the big picture. You know, so that that's that's what humbled me. That's kinda what humbled me in the beginning Though, but you know, then recently um about a year or a year and a half ago I started wrestling for this other wrestling promotion. Um and became their heavyweight champion. And a lot of people frowned upon this promotion, and uh, <clears throat> a lot of people have pushed me away. A lot of promoters was like, i seen you wrestle for that guy, so we're not gonna, we're not interested in it." But the play here at AWS at the House of Pain, you know, Ronnie York and Agbar Parvashard, you know, they, they run the training program down here, and they they saw some of me, told me come on out here, and they, I like to say that they damn they. They brought the confidence out of me that I didn't know I had, and they believed in me, and that's another humbling experience for me because not a lot of the other people in the business that I have met until coming here have. So, man, like the, the whole—I'd like to say this whole thing is a humbling experience for me. I get—I get to wake up and come to a show and be somebody, you know. I get to be Ace Harris, the man in black,
0: you know. This, this, and that was my next question. What, what's the basis
1: of the man in black? Well, honestly, I used to be called Ace Harris Country Boy Fresh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's the reaction I got oh, from a lot of people. All right. Well, how'd you get that name? there? Um, TJ, my, my trainer in, in SCW, he couldn't figure out from the life of him what we was going to do with me, character-wise. Um... One day he brought me home, he seen, my, he seen I had lived in a trailer. He texted me like 20 minutes after dropping me off. He was like, so you're a country boy that lives in a trailer. Listen to this song. And it was Country Boy Fresh by The Lax. He's like, that's your name now. Because <laughs> he was like, everything in that song reminded him of me. And uh, it just never got over. Like, it was hard to go out there and be like, Country Boy Fresh, you know. My 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 attire didn't match the gimmick. Yeah, but. you don't you don't look at country boy fresh to right me now. But with the man in black, um, my favorite my favorite singer of all time is Johnny Cash, um, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> like sometimes I listen to his songs. You know, it's kind of like a, it's a he's a rebel. You know, uh, that's what I figure, and that's what I look at myself as a lot. So um, I took my love for johnny cash and i always um a lot of people always ask me if i'm a very depressed man because i always every time like they see me i'm wearing a black t-shirt or something anyway they're like man you it's always sweat i mean it, it is it's very slamming <laughs> it is you know uh, and plus like you know everything goes with black i don't have exactly. to worry about what i'm wearing uh so it kind of was just a little accumulation of that um uh, it's kind of a uh a throwback to Johnny Cash, you know, kind of like a tribute to him, really. Uh, just, I feel like I'm the rebel of AWS. AWS. Uh, and then you just transition into the ACDC. Yeah, ACDC. Uh, honestly, the Back in Black thing, my stepson <laughs> was in his room watching TV one night, and the Applebee's commercial come on, and then Back in <laughs> Black, and I was walking through to the kitchen, and the song was playing, and I heard it off his TV, and I was like... <laughs> I heard it, and I was like, wait a minute. Why am I, why am I using that? Like, yeah, like, it kind of, like, when I was walking, I kind of heard the music, and I was like, you know, (laughs) I kind of felt the music, I was like, wait a minute, I like Um, this back in black, man in black, oh, a lot of people hate the fact that I use that song, too, but like, it kind of, but what it did was, like, I'm, I love music, besides wrestling, music is my second love, you know? Well, uh, if I hear a song, it doesn't matter if it's rap, country, rock. It doesn't matter the, the the genre. If I hear a song and I can connect with it, you know, and then you know, I listen to that song or it becomes my favorite song. Back in black. That's what that's what happened. I was walking through the kitchen, I heard that song. I was well, you know, already thinking about wrestling, and I was like, wait a minute, I feel this song. The more I listen to it, the more I was just like. And then, you know, it just says, I'm back, you know. Uh, and it kind of means like, okay, I had to set wrestling away all these years ago because SCW closed up mm-hmm. and I didn't go out and wrestle other places. So I just tucked wrestling away. I never thought about really getting back in the ring again. The lyrics in that song says, um, I'm back in black, you know. Uh, I was just like, I'm back too. Like, I, I feel better than I've ever had in doing wrestling. So, it kind of just all clicked together, and thankfully, you know, I, I haven't had to change it yet, so. yeah, it still gets over pretty well.
0: So. Well, we're getting, we're getting near to the end of this. Um, you know, it happens on every other podcast, so let's, let's, let's do a little quick round all right. discussion, okay? Um, NWODX.
1: DX. DX. DX? Yeah, DX. Okay. The original DX, Shawn Michaels and Triple H in China and Rick Rude from when it first started. I know I like the other uh, X Pac, Road Dog and Billy Gunn, but it's gotta be the original DX for me. The Immortal
0: Hulk Hogan or Hollywood
1: Hogan? Mm. Oh, Hollywood. I would have to go with Hollywood. Uh nobody saw that coming when he when he, you know, turned into Hollywood Hogan. And it kinda revitalized his career because I couldn't see him going that long as the Immortal Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Mm-hmm. you know
0: alright Uh. Mm-hmm. favorite gimmick match uh, that you have not been in oh that I have not been in oh buried alive
1: that was something for like that I have never been in one probably will never be in one but that was
0: and the closest was like that casket that match. casket
1: match, yeah. That I,
0: I came in here earlier. The casket is still in the locker room, and I picked that <laughs> thing up, and I was like, "Holy crap, it was real!" Yeah. I didn't think it was real. I thought y'all,
1: y'all phoning it up. Right. Okay,
0: Surfer's thing
1: or Crow's thing? Surfer's thing. I like the Crow's thing, but man, there was something about Surfer's thing. He they kind of connected. You know what I mean? Like it was kind of like uh. He connected with me more than the Ultimate Warrior did, you know, and I know they would kind of Yeah, they were on the know? same. Yeah. So, but I always choose, I would always choose, if I had to, when I played my WWE game, if I had to choose between the two things, I always choose first thing.
0: So as a big fan of The Undertaker, uh, y'all can't see if he's in an Undertaker shirt right now, which incarnation of The Undertaker?
1: Ministry of Darkness. The one where he had... uh where he was uh, the Lord of Darkness. The Lord of Darkness. Is that is that where the chin... The chin, is? Yeah. yeah. I didn't, I didn't get to shave up before I came to the show today, but most of the time I do just a little chin, goatee, and leave everything else. Um, yeah, that's got to be my favorite. My least favorite was um, the American Badass. I mean, it went over well, but it was my least favorite because I was in love with the, the dead man character.
0: Oh, uh, I tell you. Uh, Biggie, come on in Big Biggie. All right, so j- just a couple more. Most most of these are um, focused on just your uh, company that you're with right now. Who do you think is the next great talent to come out of AWS right now?
1: Um, we're talking about out of the younger guys. The younger not guys. nobody that's got a name now. Um, I think Chico Ramirez. Really, a solo career for him? I think, think so. Say? Okay. I mean, I love both him and his brother, but I've been in the ring with Chico multiple times in one on one, and I mean. I, he gets it. Uh, he's very good with his work. He does a lot of the Lucia Libre stuff. Um, and I haven't, up to this day, I haven't been in the ring with a lot of guys like that. Uh, and for him to be as new to this as he is and be able to do some of the things I see him do and I've been in here with him. It, it, yeah, he's probably one of the big big up-and-coming stars out of here.
0: Who's been your favorite match so far?
1: Ooh, favorite match. Has hey, let's, let's
0: do your one-on-ones. Let's not do your tag yet. Let's just do your, your favorite... One on one match so far. That if we were gonna put it in for someone to see, which which match will we put you in? The casket match with Riker. The casket match with Riker? Yes, sir. okay. No. What's up? Hey, we always get interrupted with a podcast when my favorite wrestler walks in. Yeah. I had you. <laughs> so the casket match with Riker. Yes. Okay tag team wise you know i've only seen you tag with uh ronnie york who me me and ronnie york go way back as well um your favorite match with him as your tag partner
1: our favorite match with him is when we went against the canadian outlaws and totally destroyed oh i remember that
0: i wish i had that man ronnie beat that dude oh
1: yeah that was probably my favorite match man um That was something when when I was in, you know, when we was in the bag, me and Ronnie, he's like, hey, you know, we're, uh, you know, we're rugged aces, right? You know, so we're going to go out here and we're going to show them why. And I was like, okay. And then when we got out there, I kind of knew what he meant. And, uh, you know, and not to take anything away from the Canadian Outlaws, they played their part well, too. But uh, that one dude, uh, not Jeff Hart, but the other guy, what is his name?
0: I know. I remember which one you were
1: talking about. But man, yeah. he always gets me because he would be in the middle, we'd be in the ring, and, and and he just screams every time you do something to him. And so I'm <laughs> in there, you know, I chop, and he screams like, he screams like you're killing him or something. And I'm trying not to laugh. Ronnie's over there. So yeah, that match against Sam was my favorite with Ronnie. All
0: right, cool. Yeah, we're we're finishing up here, Ace. Thanks, man, for Thank you. sitting down with me. And it was a pleasure. Uh, there's gonna be plenty more to come. Uh, is if anyone wanted to find you on social media where can they find you
1: uh you can find me on Facebook at ace Harris or you can find me on Twitter at ace Harris um I don't have no I'm sorry that's Instagram not Twitter I don't have Twitter um yeah Facebook and Instagram right now perfect cool thanks for being here. hey thank you Adam this was great
0: oh man it was so good to sit down with Ace Harris uh, at the event and actually see him wrestle later on in the evening stole the show. You know, if, if you ever get a chance to see Ace, he, he'd have you cracking the whole night. But, you know, we got to close it out for today. But, man, come back for our second episode where I sat down with Chico and Mateo Ramirez, the Ramirez brothers, who are the AWS Tag Team Champions. Uh, I sat down and talked to them about you know, their their life and what what they want to do. Please come back and listen to it. Um, you know, once again, I want to thank everyone for giving me the opportunity to be back on the air. And to the people at uh, the Crossword House of Pain for letting me use their facility to do uh, this first podcast. Well, thanks for joining me again. Um, this is the Wrestling Control Room, and this is Adam Holmes. And I'll see you next time when I sit down with the Ramirez brothers.